0: Amen. Children's Church, you are dismissed pre-K through second grade. Give the kids a hand as they go. Yeah. Now, as they go, take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter number 13 this morning as we're thinking about a new year, a new day. I mean, what a blessing it is to be here in God's house on the first Sunday of a new, new year. It's a blessing. But this year, my sermon title is 2024, you may be wondering why, because this year, I'm thinking about five years. I'm not thinking about one, or two, or three, I'm thinking about five years down the road. and It kind of blows my mind, five years from now, I'll be in my fifties. I know, it's hard to believe. I know, I know, I, I know it doesn't show. And... And Alicia will be 55. Amen. And so, no, I'm just kidding. I said that in the, I'm in so much trouble. Okay. But I think sometimes when it comes to a new year and all of our planning and everything we want to change, how we want to challenge ourselves, I kind of make fun of new year's resolutions personally, but oftentimes we think small. Look at this next slide right here. Most of us underestimate what we can do in the long term. We underestimate and but we overestimate what we can do in the short term that's our problem we look at a short period of time and we think if I get super intense super serious super passionate I'm gonna knock this out but the truth is really the opposite we can do so much more with consistency over the long term than we can in a short time with a lot of passion that's our problem though is we have a short attention spans we jump the ship the moment we're not happy And so we're not gonna start this new year saying, okay, 2019, what have you got for us? We wanna look at uh, 2024. We're gonna think bigger than that. Look at this next slide. The question I want you to ask this morning, ask yourself, the question I hope that you answer before you leave here this morning is, who? Notice I didn't say what. You're not a what, you're a who, you're a person. Who could I be by the time January 2024 rolls around? If I get after it, if I give it all I got, if I trust the God who made the heaven and the earth, if I trust the God who says, if you seek me, you will find me, the one who gave me his son and gave me his spirit. If I really sold out, what would my life, who would I be 60 months from now? That's the question. Now, look at this amazing verse of Scripture in Romans chapter 13. I'm going to start in verse number 11. Romans 13, verse 11. It says this. It says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time, to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, happy new years, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Isn't that good? I mean, that's good. That's for right here, right now. Matter of fact, guys, let's back up. I want y'all to say that verse with me. Go back up to verse number 11. Uh, uh, go back to... There you go. Verse 11, and I want us all to say it together loud and proud so these words get down in your heart. So Romans 13, verse 11, account of three, one, two, three. And do this knowing the time, that now is high time to wake up out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Keep going. The night is far spent the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Ooh, that's good stuff. Listen, you in 2024, five years is enough time to accomplish a lot, man. And actually, when I got to thinking about this and preparing for this sermon, it made me think, man, how much could I have accomplished if I was focused like this just five years ago? Five years is a long time. You can do a lot of good or you can keep on doing bad. It's up to you. But I've listed a few things on the slide. Look at this next slide. In five years, you can absolutely be fluent in a new language. You could do that in five years. You're smarter than the average bear, right? You could do that, uh, and mostly free. Amber, she's fluent in a second language, and she learned it mostly uh, online uh, through free apps, and 99% of that was absolutely free. You could do that in five years if you wanted to learn another language. Look at this next slide. You could also get a degree in five years if you wanted to, online, community college, night classes, whatever it is. You could get a degree in five years if you really wanted to and applied yourself, but maybe for you it's not a degree It's not a certificate to help you get to where you want to go. Look at this next slide. Maybe you just need to learn a new skill, something that's marketable. Somebody will pay you to do something. Could you learn a new skill in five years if you applied yourself? Absolutely. Or you can become really, really, really good at the job that you have right now. Really apply yourself. You can figure out what you've got a passion for and figure out how to get people to pay you to do it. Uh, And you can use that skill to point people to Jesus, by the way. By 2024, you could be in a completely different place in your life than you are today. Or look at this next slide. You can keep binge watching Netflix. You can do that, right? You got bird box on repeat. It ends the same y'all every time. Now, I'm sorry. That's my, that's me. I'm preaching to me right now by some Netflix. Okay. That's my, that's, ne- that's my negative. I'm still on the positive. Look at this next slide. If you wanted to, you could master a sport. Well, not golf. Some of y'all have been trying for 20 years. Just give it up, brother. You're no good. You mad, you out there blaspheming. Golf is not the sport for you, man. Right? But if you decided today, if you, you know, I want to run a marathon in five years, if not me, I'm talking about y'all, if you, well, not this guy, but if you wanted to run a marathon, you could train for five years, couldn't you? And be ready to, to run a marathon. You could do that. Look at this next slide. You could read 60 books in five years. That's a book a month, which boils down to the average length of a book is really just a little bit over 200 pages per book. Now it's so uh, that's what six pages a day. You could do that 60 books by 2024, it, uh, six pages to take you about five to seven minutes to read. You can do that. By the way, I encourage you to read biographies. I'm a big biography reader. Read about Winston Churchill, George Washington, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, the Wright brothers, Theodore Roosevelt, D.L. Moody, Billy Graham. Learn lessons from people who have lived in the past, and you can learn from their mistakes and not make the same mistakes. And you can also learn a lot of positive things from their life as well. I encourage you to read different genres. Read the classics. Read all the stuff that you pretended like you read when you were in school, and you didn't. Okay? And you just... Did you report because you copied off of Susie. Listen, you can read green eggs and ham. I don't care. Just read a book. Readers are leaders and leaders are readers. And don't come up to me after the service and tell me how you can't stand to read. And then tell me all about how you love Jesus. Jesus is in that book of the Bible. Read it, even if you don't like to read. Read the Bible. You could do it. You could read 60 books between now and 2024, or just keep watching Netflix. Uh, Go to this next slide, or you could do this. You could grow closer to God than ever before, couldn't you? In five years, you could be so close and so much like Christ, and completely different than you are today. What if the next five years you're just seeking God's face, the one who promised, "If you seek me, you will find me." Right? The problem. The problem isn't unanswered prayers. Many times we think, "Well, the reason." i'm not close to god i prayed one time and he didn't answer my prayer that's not the problem look at this next slide the problem is unanswered prayer the problem is all the prayers that we never prayed to begin with probably the greatest sin of the american church is all the prayers that we're not praying not unanswered prayers how much peace do we forfeit when we never go to god in prayer so what if between now and 2024 you sought God in prayer? Like for real, quit pretending. You really did seek God in prayer. You sought God in scripture. You sought God in his word. You even got crazy and memorized a Bible verse other than John 3, 16. What could that do for your life? What would happen if you really did it? If you really sold out? You really took this thing called Christianity seriously and like just sought the face of God. You would be so much like Jesus in five years you wouldn't even recognize who you are today. And that would be a life well lived, right? That's worthy. Now that's a positive list, but I also have a negative list. Look at this next slide. In five years, you could be getting a divorce. I mean, keep on neglecting your wife, neglecting your husband. Five years from now, you can be divorced. Look at this next slide. Five years, you could be in prison. I know that's drastic. Prisons are full of people that aren't criminals. Prisons are full of people with good intentions Prisons are full of people that think that could never happen to me I tell you what keep going to your New Year's Eve parties and driving home drunk and you'll find yourself there sooner rather than later If you're lucky That could never happen to me. Prisons are full of innocent people Maybe uh, you're taking something from work and you don't think anybody's noticing Prisons are full of people who never would have sat right here and said I'm not a criminal yet they're in prison in 2019. What else could you be doing by 2024? Look at this next slide. You can be working your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th job. You could keep not applying yourself to the job that God has given you, and uh, you can quit that job or get fired and find another one that you're not gonna apply yourself to. You can have a bunch of jobs. Go to the next slide. By 2024, you can have a mountain of credit card debt, pack on an extra 30 or 40 pounds. You can smoke 36,500 cigarettes between now and 2024. Listen, that's just one pack a day. I did the math. You should be proud of me. Listen, I know the preacher's down on cigarettes. Preacher. I ain't down on cigarettes. You can go to heaven and smoke cigarettes. You're just going to get there a little quicker. And I'm serious. I ain't, I ain't mad at you. The point is between now and 2024, that's a bunch of time to do a lot of good or to do a lot of bad, to get serious about what God wants from us or to do other things that just aren't as important. I mean, I just wonder how different your life could be spiritually if you committed to consistently being with God's people on Sunday. Like it's disappointing for me as a pastor. I mentioned this in the first service, but what happens many times is this, and I never write a sermon like to get somebody. I'm going to get you. Oh, I hope so-and-so, I hope Tony's here. I'm going to wear him out, buddy. Let me get this. No, that never happens. But sometimes in preparing a message and getting ready to preach, you know, because you know people, you're like, oh, this is exactly what she's going through. Right? And, oh, man, he needs to hear this because this is exactly what's going on, and this will be wonderful. And, also, and inevitably, Sunday morning comes, you get up here to preach, she's not here. He's not here. I wonder, just out of pure, I'm going to be honest, laziness maybe a lot of times, there's other reasons, that we have missed a word that God had for us because we didn't gather with God's people on the Lord's day. Many times. I bet many, I'm, Trust me, I'm your pastor many times. Because I know, I'm like, oh, God has this word for them. And the truth is, most of us, if you're alive right now, we've seen the results of attending church occasionally. And we kind of see the results of that. What if we flipped that on its head and really got faithful about attending uh, God's house on the Lord's day? How different might your life look by 2024? Now, why do I say that? Write this down, guys. Take some notes this morning. Time is not your friend. Time is not your friend. In five years, I'm going to be in my 50s. Time is not your friend. Twice in this text, Paul brings this concept of time up. Look in Romans, in your Bible, Romans 13, verse 11. Paul says, and do this Knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. He said that he doesn't want us to lose track of time. Now is the time. You need to know what time it is. Look at verse 12. He says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Paul is saying that the end of our time is coming quicker than we even imagine. Listen to how David put it in Psalm 39. He said this, indeed you have made my days as hand breasts, My age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. Salah. Listen, everything you're doing in your life right now, it seems so real and so important, doesn't it? Right? You're you're going to your job and you're spending your money. You're driving around in your truck. You're double tapping pictures on Instagram. You're pinning things on Pinterest or whatever it is. And all that seems important and real to you. But what David is telling us is that our life is but a vapor. And that all of a sudden, all these things we think are so permanent and so important, all of a sudden, David is saying, they just go away. Someday, you, you won't be here. You no longer be on the well, welcome to church, welcome to grace. Thanks for coming. That's the good news. But I can see it now, especially in younger people. When you tell them this, they don't listen. Because I used to be younger people and I didn't listen either. But you want to hear an amen, church, you're about to give an amen. The longer you live, the faster time goes. Woo! But some of you youngins don't believe it yet goes by like that. We had a girl in the first service. She was 22 weeks pregnant, 22 months pregnant. And 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 I told her, I said, Hey, in five years, you're going to have a four-year-old and it's going to go like that. Isn't that the truth parents? Boom. It just flies by. Time is not your friend. Not at all. Your life is like grass. It's like a flower, but through God's word, we can tap into something. Uh, permanent and forever. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says this. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Time is not our friend. We need to be connected to something that's eternal. That's Christ Jesus and his word is going to be forever. There's something I want you to understand about who you're going to be in 2024. Look at this next slide. Write this down. Future you is simply a bigger reflection of who you are. I don't mean physically. I mean probably, right? I mean probably future me may be bigger than present. All right. That's not, what I, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that the future version of you is just an exaggerated version of the person that you are right now. It's the person you are right now. Some people say, well, I wonder what I'm going to be when I grow up, or I wonder who I'm going to be, or you're going to be exactly who you are right now, except multiplied, exaggerated. What I mean, if you're kind today in 2024, you'll be kinder right? If you're generous today in the future, you're going to be more generous. But if you're mean today, if you're crabby today, you're cranky today, you're critical today and nothing changes, you're going to be crankier and crabbier and even more critical than ever before. Now it's the future. You is simply an exaggerated, bigger, deeper ingrained person than you are today. If you ever met a, a cranky old man, have you Raise your hand? You ever met a cranky old man? You don't raise your hand, you're about to. Listen, that cranky old man wasn't a sweet 45-year-old. More than likely, he was a cranky old 45-year-old, and now he's just got a cranky old man to match his personality. You see what I'm saying? Who you are just gets deeper ingrained over time. Write this down. Time does not change who you are at all. But it reveals, it shows us who you really are. Because I've noticed as time goes by, that filter leaves. The more gray hair comes, the more you think you can tell everybody exactly what you think. Right? I remember my grandmom, after my granddaddy died, I thought Granny Overtree lost her mind. She would just tell people what she thought quick, fast, in a hurry. And I'm like, Granny, you got to hush it up. You can't talk to people like that. I can't whoop everybody in the Walmarts. You got to tone it down, Granny. But listen. But that's what happens over time. Many times that filter goes and time it doesn't, time doesn't change you. You're just becoming more of what you are over time. It reveals who you truly are. Proverbs 11 verse 27 says this. It says, He who earnestly seeks good, Finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. We like to think that just magically in the future that we're going to be better and all of these things, but we're exactly like the choices that we make. If you earnestly, what does this say? If you earnestly seek good, you'll find favor. If you're looking for the good in people, the good in situations, the goodwill of your God to follow that goodwill, the Bible says that you're going to find favor. But if you're looking for trouble, if you're always seeking evil, that you're the first to find a problem in every situation. You're the first to see the faults in everybody. You're always running people down, passive aggressive on social media. You're always complaining, always gossiping, always looking for a bad time to get into trouble. Is going to find you. It will find you out. Trouble will find you. Some of us, we wonder. Our question is this. Why don't I have any peace? Why don't I have peace? Why my life is chaotic? Why does life seem like it's out of control and it's negativity and it's all this drama? And I just hate drama. By the way, you ever notice people talk about drama the most, make the most? I just hate drama. You cause all of it, sister. But why is your life like that? Why is your life chaotic? Why is there no peace? in your life. Look at this next verse. Proverbs 26, 27. It says, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have to ro- have it roll back on him. Some of us are digging pits with our habits and we're falling into them and we wonder how we got there. Some of us are rolling stones with our tongues and we want to blame God when everything goes wrong. Now, I don't like this truth, but it's true. You are what you eat. You become like what you watch. But the Bible's clear, you reap what you sow. You reap good, the Bible is clear, you will find favor. You, you You sow good, you'll reap favor. You sow trouble, you're looking for evil, you want trouble all the time. That's exactly what God is going to give you. So what's the future you? The future you is just you, more of you, deeply, more deeply ingrained and exaggerated. But the good news is this. Write this down. If you don't like what you're getting, you can change what you're doing. If your life is full of chaos, there's no rest, no peace in your life, just drama all the time. If you don't like what you're getting, you can change what you're doing. You can change. God is so good to give you this opportunity just to make it here this morning. He's giving you another day. Now think about you five years ago. And if you think about you, who would you have thought, who did you want to be five years ago till today? What kind of character would you have wanted five years ago compared to today? Who would you be today looking back five years ago? Who did you want to be? What kind of person? What kind of character? What kind of choices would you hope that you had made? If you're disappointed even a little bit in 2019 at the person or the character that you have right now, if you recognize the flaws in your character, think of how much more you're gonna be disappointed in 2024 as every one of those decisions just get deeper and more exaggerated, and it becomes more and more of who you are. Again, if you're disappointed now, in five years, you're gonna be a lot more disappointed. If you don't like what you're getting, you can change what you're doing. You need to make some different choices. You need to make some different- You need to turn to God for direction and wisdom. Look at this next line. It's never too late to do the right thing until it's too late. Right? Like today, it's not too late for you to do the right thing. You've got today. You could do the right thing today. You've got it. But someday you won't have today. It's never too late to do the right thing. But someday it's too late. You don't have to harden your heart. You don't have to, uh, uh, to turn your face from God. You can repent of your sin. You can stop living with temporary focus and focus on the eternal. You can make the changes that God wants you to make in your life and honor God with those choices. You can do it. Why? Because you're here. God has given you another day. And I want to remind you of this. Write this down. Consistency is better than short-term passion. What do I mean? Consistency, it looks small changes over the long haul always work out better than some huge, giant change that you're passionate about just for the moment. Ongoing, consistent, every time trumps short-term passion. What do I mean by that? I mean this, five minutes of prayer every single day trumps praying five hours on the first day of the year. Five minutes of time spent in the word of God every day trumps you reading five books of the Bible on the first day of the new year and never touching it again. Ongoing consistency is better than short-term passion. The problem is many of us, we want the transformation without the change and we want the change without the work. Too many Christians are like this. They're like, well, I read the Bible one time and I'm just not the woman of God I thought I'd be. So I, I quit. Or I said a prayer and I didn't levitate, so it must not work. I went to a marriage conference and my wife still wants me to wash the dishes, I quit. Or I tried to do a better job at my job and I didn't cheat on one of my lunches last week and I didn't get a raise and so what's the point of being honest? C.S. Lewis said this, good and evil both increase at compound interest. Good and evil both increase at compound interest. Both of these things just explode, mushroom, out of control. That's one of the smallest decisions that we make in our life that we're going to be consistent with will bear the largest fruit. They'll have the hugest effect on our life in just something like five short years. There's this study. It was done in Australia. I found this really, um, really interesting. Uh, they did a, a, about um, a sunblock. Sunblock. They took 900 people. The average age of these people was 39 years old. And what they did, they split the 900 up into two groups of 450. See, I went to school. And so they split them up into two different groups. And what they did was the one group, they said, we want you to use SPF 50 just when you're going to be at the beach or you know you're going to be at the park Or you know you're gonna be outside, just whenever you think you need sunblock, wear the SPF 50 and just apply it as needed, okay? That was the one group. The second group, they told them to wear the SPF 15. Like, what is that? That's like water, okay? Like, if I put SPF 15 on my bald head and went outside all the day, okay, I'd look like an apple, okay? It'd be terrible. (laughs) SPF 15, it's like, it's basically nothing. It's just slightly better than putting something to tan, okay? And so, One group, SPF 50, whenever you think that you need it, you know, going to the ball game, you're going to the beach, whatever. The other group, SPF 15, every day. Whether you go outside or stay inside, every day, SPF 15. Whether you're living in you know, Alaska during the darkest months of the year, SPF 15. If you're staying inside all week to study for finals, SPF 15. If you live in a cave, SPF 15. No matter what, every single day, you wear SPF 15. And it was four and a half years, almost five years, and they come back and they to examine the 900 people, and they took pictures of their hands and their faces and they compared. And the one thing that they found was that the group that they had, um, that did the SPF 50 just when they thought they needed it, in four and a half years they aged considerably. Their their hands, they could see it in their hands and they could see it in their faces. They had definitely aged, especially when they compared it to the second group, the SPF 15 group. The SPF 15 group didn't age at all. Like they couldn't tell any difference. And especially when they compared the before and after pictures to the SPF 50 group, The SPF 15 group looked a lot better than the SPF 50 group. Turns out, slow, consistent, ongoing consistency is much better than just short-term intensity. It's better. And guys, what's true for your skin is true for your soul. Same thing. Same thing. The steady, simple, honest walk with Jesus. The simple, honest walk with Jesus is better. Simple, slow, steady, daily walk with Jesus is so much better than the Christian who's living like a pagan and only turns to Jesus in the time of crisis. Short-term passion, short-term intensity. God, I need you now! The slow, steady, daily discipleship is so much more effective and so much better for your life. The slow, steady, daily discipleship will change your life and you'll be a different person in 2024. Or you wait until that moment of crisis and you cry out to God and then when the crisis is over, you can forget about God. The truth is, guys, time is not our friend. We're just a vapor, we're not here forever. And we're concerned about a lot of temporary things and we need to be concerned about more eternal things. And who we're going to be in the future, the you that we're all going to see in 2024, is simply an exaggerated version of who you are today. You're deciding right now who you're going to be in 2024. If you're mean now, you're going to be mean then if you don't change something. Time doesn't change you, but it shows us who you really are. But the good news is that our good God has given you another opportunity. And if you don't like what you've been getting, you get to change what you're doing. And consistency. The simple walk of a New Testament Christian. So much better than anything else that this world has to offer. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. Grateful for time that you've given us. Time to consider these incredible truths. And God, we're thankful that we can make some changes. Lord, if we don't like what we're... If there's chaos and there's drama in our life... God, you've given us the answers. Lord, we can make new choices. We can surrender and allow you to lead us. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed, no looking around. Listen, don't be, uh, be respectful of those around you. If it's not an emergency, do not leave this room during this invitation. But I just wonder, for those of you, you know that you're a believer, you know that you're a Christian, you know that you're saved, but maybe in your heart you would recognize that maybe you're not who you are today that you would have wanted to be five years ago. Maybe there's some sin in your life. I wanna encourage you, just bring that to God. He'll forgive you. Maybe this morning you just wanna pray, and that's my prayer, that you just wanna pray and say, God, I surrender my days to you, my time. God, I'm not trying to make a, a one-time, passionate, temporary decision. But God, I'm surrendering myself to the life of growing and knowing you more. God, I just want to surrender my time and my days to you. Lord, I want to give you my 2024 today and every day in between. Is that your prayer this morning? Will you raise your hands, set your hands up so I can pray with all of us all over the sanctuary, all over. Let's pray, guys. Father God, thank you for all of those who are just like, God, it's yours. Lord, this life is yours. And Father, we surrender our days and our time and our life. God, you know what the future holds. We don't. Lord, I just pray that we'll be faithful with the days that you've given us. Help us. Show us where change needs to be made in our life. Show us what you've called us to do, but more importantly, who you've called us to to be. Thank you for your son, the death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you that we don't do this on our own, but it's through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for another day and another year. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed again. No looking around for just a second. I wanna give another invitation. This is for those of you here this morning and you're here and you know it and God knows it. You don't know for sure that you're saved. You don't know. You do not know that you've done business with God and that he's forgiven you of all your sins. You don't know for sure that he is yours and you are his. You've never really made a decision to say yes to Jesus. Will you look up for just a second? What we're talking about this morning are choices. And it's amazing. Here we are this first Sunday of 2019. You had a choice whether to be in church today. God gives you the choice. And God is always presenting to you the choice of death and life. Look at this verse, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It's in your notes. It says, I'll call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may, listen, cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days. Is that true for you? Could you say that? That you love the Lord your God? That you obey his voice? And that you cling to him? And that he is your life and the length of your days? Can you really say that? Honestly say that? That you've been forgiven? Go back to verse 19, Corey. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Look what he says here. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. God wants you to choose life. And He's given you a choice. Right now in this moment, you can choose Christ. You can choose life. It's up to you. There's nothing stopping you. You can choose Christ. You can change your destiny. You can change your future. You can trust Christ this morning. And that'll make a difference in your life. You're like, why is there no peace in my life? There's all this drama. It's chaos. You need Jesus. The choice that he's given you, you can choose Christ. And so why don't you do that this morning? Choose life and don't choose death. Choose Christ. Trust Jesus, the one who died on the cross, raised from the grave, the one who's alive right now, and he is coming back again. That Jesus. Have you done that? Have you recognized that you're a sinner? We talk about this sometimes here at Grace. Grace. Don't raise your hands, but how many of us here would dare say that we've never told a lie? How many of us would even pretend that we've never stolen something? I've never stolen nothing. Check your shed. Borrowed something. You never gave it back. How many of us here would say that we've never used God's name in an unworthy manner? I've heard it here since we've been here this morning. I've heard it. I heard blasphemy right here at Grace. I mean, not as a cuss word, but use, what's blasphemy? Using God's name in an un, any way that does not bring him honor and glory. And God takes his name very seriously. The Bible says that all liars and blasphemers will have their part in the lake of fire. God takes his name very seriously. Who, who here this morning would dare pretend that, that you've never looked at a woman or a man with lust in your heart? Jesus said that was adultery. And just really quickly, all of us who are old enough to understand, you would have to admit right now that if you were to die without Jesus and you're to stand before a holy God and you're going to have to give an account for your life, you would have to start right there, that you're a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterator at heart. Do you really think God is going to find you innocent on the day of judgment? That's why Jesus came. Because you're not innocent. And he paid the price for you. And you can receive that salvation. You can have that price paid for your sins right now. And that's why God brought you here. Let's pray one more time. Listen, you're here this morning. You know you need Jesus. Maybe you've tried everything else. You've poured your life into your job, your relationships, your partying, whatever it is. But you know that nothing has worked and you need Jesus. This morning you recognize that you're a sinner, man, and you need to be forgiven. Look, every head bowed, every eye closed. I will not call you out. I'm not going to drag you forward. I will not single you out in any way, man. But I just want to pray with you. And if that's your prayer right now, you're like, yes, I want Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sins. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just as a simple acknowledgement to God that you want to receive Christ, will you slip your hand up right where you're at right now? Slip your hand up. God bless you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Who else? Who else? Listen, why don't you pray this prayer? Do business with God once and for all. Simply, this, this prayer, it's not these words. It's not magical words or something. It's you humbling yourself before God, right? Surrendering yourself to God. Say a prayer like this. Say, Father God, just tell Him I'm a sinner. I sin, lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterated heart. God, I'm guilty, but I turn, I repent for my sin, and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell Him. say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection. Christ alone. I want to be set free. I want to be made alive. Thank you for this new life. Lord, I give you mine. All of me, I surrender to all of you. Listen, you pray a prayer like that and you're sincere and honest with God, you just got saved. God has given you his Holy Spirit. You going to have resurrection power in your life. You have been redeemed. I want to encourage you to make that decision public.